0: BlueNile.com Greetings Grapple fans, Uh, welcome to Another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the AI podcast channel. I am your host, Danny Wales, joined as ever by my audio tag team partner, Mo Chatra. And Mo, we do have plenty to talk about tonight. Uh, not just uh, elim- Elimination Chamber, but also, to my mind, WWE programming has stepped up a gear on the road to WrestleMania. There we go, I'm getting the puns in already.
1: <laughs> you love your puns, don't you? Um no, you're absolutely right. Um, just when they needed to really hit their stride, um, they really did so this week on both Raw and SmackDown, Raw especially. And um, you know that's exactly what they needed um, as we now hit the closing stretch, um, you know, on that road to WrestleMania, as you say. So, um, you know, it set things up nicely for the next few weeks. Uh, before then, obviously, we've got uh, the Raw pay-per-view in Fastlane. But yeah, they're certainly starting to up the gears, and uh, it'll be full throttle from here on in.
0: Yeah, we we can think up lots and lots of different analogies along the way. I'm sure I can come up with more puns than uh, than Michael Cole or anyone on the WWE broadcasting both But uh, let's start with Elimination Chamber uh, this past Sunday night, uh, SmackDown only pay per view. Um, I've got to say more. On the whole as a as, as an event it was it was okay it wasn't anything special other than the main event the chamber match itself I've got to say I was really really impressed with it I I really enjoyed it thoroughly
1: Oh totally yeah I mean we speculated last week on the preview that it should be a really really good contest and um you know it, 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 if anything it might have exceeded expectations I mean, we had our expectations going in, given it had the likes of Cena and AJ Styles involved, but um, it turned out, you know, fantastically well, and um, you know, just an ideal um, way in which to crown a new champion. But I mean, that, that's something we'll come on to. But yeah, certainly um, a great way to end that show, which, as you say, was not. Um, a fantastic show by any means, but it certainly had its moments and, um, and I didn't expect a great deal from it, but, uh, overall I was, I was more leaning towards it being a good show than a bad show.
0: Yeah, we we certainly will get into it. Yeah, we'll certainly get into it in depth. Uh, before we do get there, um, just quickly, um, actually, before I actually forget to bring this up later on, um, a few people not too happy with the modifications that were made to the chamber. You know that they changed the pods slightly. Obviously, made them a little lower so the guys can get on top. They got rid of the metal on the outside and replaced it with padding. And you know some of the change were removed, so we had sort of that um, that perspex in there. But I think that I like the changes. I think the the change that, like to the perspex made it obviously easier for the cameras getting in there for vision. Uh, obviously, just made it a bit more user friendly for the guys to work it. And, and I do think the padding on the outside, for me, that makes sense. You know, as much as we want to see all brutality and things like that, I don't want to see guys injuring themselves constantly, especially, you know, less than two months, uh, well, what we, six weeks away from uh, WrestleMania. So, what about you, Mo? What were your thoughts on their modifications to the chamber itself? Yeah, I thought it looked nice. Um, I don't really
1: see why could be, uh, Upset or offended by it by any means. Um, you know, it was, it was very slightly different to what we normally expect. Um, the overall structure though was broadly similar in size, if not exactly the same. It was just the, uh, entrances into the, um, you know, the, the pods, uh, were slightly amended. And as you say, there was padding instead of, um, that kind of mesh steel. Um, but that in, in no way really for me detracted from, um, the, uh, the contest, if anything, might have slightly added to it. So, uh, you know, we had a great moment involving the Perspex and, uh, some, uh, two or three great spots off of the uh, top of those pods too. So, um, you know, anyone who was disappointed by that was really focusing on the wrong thing and distracted by what was an excellent match.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you've got complaints, hit the bricks. Um, so let's go back to the start of the event. Uh, Mickey James and, oh my God, I forgot her name already. You see, Becky she lost Lin. the title. Becky Lynch. She'd she lost the title and I forgot her name. That's how irrelevant she's become. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. It's just Don't my worry, nature. I did the same few weeks ago. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I thought this was a decent match. Uh, nothing spectacular and to me suggested that there's still more to come from these two. Well, you know what?
1: I, I actually thought it was a good match. Um. Know that they were allowed to go out there and have a, a decent length match, uh, just short of 12 minutes, um, which Mickey isn't really used to from a previous stint in the WWE when, you know, far too often she only got to go out there for four or five minutes, um, occasionally up to around the 10-minute mark, um, but really didn't get to show what she was capable of. She was always one of the better workers in the WWE, um, but nonetheless, it was good to see her allowed time to show what she can do and I thought she did it very well
0: um no it was it was a a good match sorry more just one thing um uh, you've got to give uh um, Becky I was gonna say Becky Lynch (laughs) you've got to give Mickey James credit as well I mean as as David Otonga pointed out she's been away from WWE for seven years so but there was no signs of ring rust from her no there wasn't no no um you know seven years away from the ringer
1: that's right yeah so you know it's interesting how at different points the indie scene either exists or it doesn't exist so yeah i mean Mickey James i mean she has actually been away and had a child um with the wrestler who was known as Magnus in TNA but um you know for most of that time she's been away from WWE she has still been an active wrestler um but uh, yeah yeah she 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 looked fine um, that a good match in my view, and um, I, I thought that the way it was, um, the way it panned out, you know, there's certainly more to it, and, and we saw some more certainly the next the two nights on at SmackDown.
0: Yeah, so what about the, the tag team to- uh, tag team title turmoil match? My god, that's a tongue twister. It is. Um, I- for, for the number of teams in it and and the whole design of the match, it's I don't think it was ever going to be something that you can really sort of build a, and get, you know, a classic going. But I think given the circumstances, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, an opportunity to showcase everyone, but it felt more, a bit more like a TV match than a, than a pay-per-view match to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was different in that we don't often see these turmoil-type matches on TV, but um, it, it was almost like a collection of short TV matches or kind of, Stuck together. And, um, you know, if, if the purpose was to try and get any of the other, any of the teams over for that matter, um, I thought it had, it probably didn't achieve its objective. Um, you know, Jordan Gable obviously came out of it retaining the tag team straps. And, um, you know, in the end, they beat the Ascension. And it did look like, in fact, I did actually feel that the Ascension might just pull off a big upset because um before the ascension fought Jordan and Gable at the end um Jordan and Gable fought the USos before that and um, after the USos lost they left um American Alpha laying, didn't they and um the ascension then came in and it looked like it was almost a formality that they might beat um the tag champs but they didn't and um you know the champs retained and uh the ascensions push lasted all of about seven days, and uh, they'll be back to being jobbers again. But uh, no, I, I, I thought this was an average match, really.
0: Yeah, I've got to say, look, the, the U-Souls and American Alpha—they they can have a good match together. They've got some good chemistry there. They've got a backstory. For me, it makes sense them to those those two teams can get together. They can build up. They can have a good match, and then it's got to be perfectly timed for the revival then to make the step up from NXT and then we can see them face off because it, it was it as much as it wasn't great to watch this it was another reminder of just how thin on the ground the uh, the tag team roster really is on smackdown well that's right i
1: mean they've got six teams um but you know most of these six teams are pairings that the fans just don't care about and um you know We've seen in NXT, haven't we, over several years that you can have five, six, seven teams and the tag team roster feels um very strong because if the teams are over, if the pairings have good chemistry, then, um, you know, it can feel like a, a strong, vibrant division. This one doesn't. And, you know, as we've talked about before, um, American Alpha really needs to be um paired with, you know, good dance partners in the likes of the revival for example to help them get over because at this moment in time american alpha just don't have that um perfect um adversary that uh can really um help to take him to that next level so hopefully after wrestlemania we will see changes to the division and um we'll see um some life breathed into it but at this moment in time it certainly feels stale
0: yeah absolutely uh, and, and I negated to uh, to mention that before that match, of course, it was um, the heel um, taking on two babyfaces in a handicap match. Um, yeah, slightly against uh, the, the normal way of doing things, but uh, the heel Dolph Ziggler getting a great babyface reaction when he when he took to uh, to to uh, injuring uh, Apollo Cruz with a chair. Um, this this was just Another filler match and just an example of, I think, of the, the fans' kind of disenchantment with with the way some people are really presented. Well, that's right. I mean, the
1: booking for this was atrocious. You know, Apollo C- Crews, who's had a real problem getting over with the fans as a face, and Kalisto, who at times has actually had a good reaction as a face, um, you know, the booking here was just so arse-backward, wasn't it? that uh you know neither one was going to get over I mean Kalisto came out you know he was injured and um you know at the start of the contest and then you know he came out right towards the end where it was about another minute or two to go and he didn't really get much reaction um even though he should have and um in the meantime Cruz was just made to look like a jobber and um yeah, it, it was just um awful booking all round. I don't even think it did anything for Dolph Ziggler as a heel. Um, You know, he, he still didn't get a fantastic reaction as a heel. And because he was put in almost like a spot such that you almost feel sorry for him or you're rooting for him because he's outnumbered, um, you know, th- that's not exactly going to do wonders for his heel run. So it was just a, a botch up all round. And... um you know, the match itself wasn't that great. So this was certainly the low light for the show as far as I was concerned.
0: Yeah, you, you feel yourself rooting for the heel. There's something wrong there. And the fact that the crowd is singing, thank you, Ziggler, as he was taken to a cruise with a chair, that, <laughs> that yeah. that's not good. It, it's not no. good. So, um, I think they really need to think about quite how they're doing this. I mean, Ziggler for me can work as a heel, but it's the presentation's got to be right. And, and right now, you know, what, where he's working and, and how things are being presented. It's not too good, but anyway, moving on, um, Nikki Bella and Natalia, um, this one ended in a double count out. So obviously we, there's a, there's another, there's a blow off match here to come at some point. Uh, we've got a little bit of a tease at some point through the night as well with, um, with Nikki Bella and Maurice, and the um, rumors are alluded to last week of, you know, Cena and uh, Nikki Bella against uh, Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. Who knows? Maybe there is something in that. But um, this Nikki Bella and Italian match, I've got to say, more was it was better than I expected.
1: Well, I'm not going to say reluctantly, but <laughs> yeah, I, I can't disagree, can I? Um, Nikki Bella had one of her best ever WWE matches in this contest. Um, You know, they had another long match. Um, It was just over 13 minutes and um, they paced it very well. And, you know, it helped that it was in Nikki Bella's hometown. Um, So, you know, she was more over than she perhaps normally is. And um, Natalia certainly played the role of heel fantastically well in this contest. And uh, they built up to a nice little match. I mean, had a nice ending. Just a shame that um, it resulted in a double countout. I thought that, you know, it was primed and ready for Nicky Bella to go over. But, you know, we know the rule of Vince McMahon. And that is that if anyone um wrestles in their hometown, they just aren't allowed to go over and win. Or if, if they do win, then it has to be a bit of a tainted victory. Um So this was about as good as we were going to get. And, um, yeah, it certainly left me interested in wanting to see more of this. And I actually think, you know, like I was saying last week, it's not been a bad rivalry the way it's been booked. Um, they fed off of the total divas and injected a bit of reality to it. Um, so it's been a bit more interesting than, you know, your typical, um, you know, women's division feuds. So, uh, yeah, more, more of it, I think is to come in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I do, yeah, I think they'll they'll conclude it in the next few weeks, and then uh, let's let's see what they uh, they put together for Mania. Let's just see. There might be something in it. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, next up, Randy Orton beating Luke Harper in what I thought was a good match. Um, you know, I think Luke Harper again got to show with with you know with a with a guy who's a top echelon worker. You know, just just what a good worker he is, and and I think with the right opportunity and the right presentation, you know, they could still do something really, really good with Luke Harper.
1: Well, that's right. I mean, I'd go so far as to say this was bordering on an excellent match. I thought it was a really, really good match. Um, You know, it started off slow. I mean, you know, we got the usual Randy Orton chin locks of doom, which um, killed a good several minutes early on. Um, So it had a slow pace to it early on in the first half of the contest. Second half, though, it certainly picked up and, uh, you know, we had some you know, really good near falls and uh, the ultimate end was uh, an RKO out of nowhere for Randy Orton and um, victory for him, you know, to keep him strong going into WrestleMania. But Harper certainly um, made a fantastic uh, showing for himself and, uh, you know, certainly demonstrate to everyone that, you know, he's somebody who, can have a viable career in the WWE as a singles competitor.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think they just have to work out exactly what they're going to do with him, and then go with it. For me, it th- just go with it. it. It's it's just that working out part of it. But he's got great facials. He's, you know, he is such a good worker, and I think the crowds sort of believe him. You know whether whether he's working babyface or working heel, I think he has that believability about him. He's just got he's just got this something about his character, and um, yeah, I'd like to see them do more with him. And so hopefully there's there's more to come. And obviously, well, that's right. Rand, yeah. And obviously, Randy Orton has to be kept strong, bearing in mind you know he's won the Royal Rumble, and he should be going into the main event of WrestleMania.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, on Harper, you know he he. He's a fantastic worker. He's really underrated. Um, but you're right. You're absolutely right. He he needs to get away from this whole Wyatt family gimmick. And um, they need to develop a new character for him. And that's, I think, the only way that he can really get away from this whole gimmick that he's had for the last several years. And um, they've been somewhat successful with Braun Strowman, um, who, um, whilst he hasn't really changes look a great deal since his white family days um there has been those little tweaks to his character and his presentation which have made a difference and um i think that's what's helped him to get over despite being uh, a far inferior worker to harper
0: yeah i I think tweaks is the key word there tweaks rather than uh, massive changes so let's hope uh, the future's bright for for luke harper um, before we get to the main event, though, Naomi uh, winning the uh, the women's title from Alexa Bliss, I've got to be, I've got to say, I was surprised that uh, the title switched hands here. Uh, I certainly wasn't expecting this one. Um, not not a fantastic match, but but decent, okay. Yes, yes, um, you're quite right. I, I, to be honest,
1: I can't actually remember what my prediction was for this contest last week. Uh, I think I predicted Alexa to win and retain the title, um, and then to go on, uh, perhaps in a four-way contest at WrestleMania, something along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, Naomi won the title. Um, you know, again, it, it's, um, felt more like, well, here's someone who's been with us for several years and, you know, she's been a good professional. She's worked hard. So let's reward her. Um, was that the right thing for the title? I'm not so sure. Um, I think that Alexa could have done with a, a decent lengthy title reign, certainly going into WrestleMania. And um, maybe that was a time for Alexa to drop the belt rather than um, on this show. But no, I, I haven't really got a problem with Naomi winning the title. You know, she's a talented worker. Um, you know, I love her entrance. It's one of the best in the company. And, um, you know, she's got some personality and, you know the reaction she got from the fans as well after the after the win, you know, was superb, and um, you know it clearly uh, made her very emotional and uh, made for a good moment. So uh, you know, the match wasn't great, but the uh, the uh, what what ensued afterwards certainly was. So thumbs up for that.
0: Yeah, the the way they put it over at the end, you know, and the interview, you know, she broke down. I think I think they really got across that it that it really meant something, and you know. Her, a time at the WWE and everything. I, I think that in itself was was good. That part of it was a success. But um, you know, you mentioned a little, what five minutes ago, more about uh, hometown. You know, people going to the hometown and usually losing. Oh my homie has got the belt. She, uh, got to WrestleMania, which is in her hometown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear, the curse <laughs> of the hometown. So uh, guaranteed to so, uh, change.
0: Yeah, so we know how long their title reign is gonna last then.
1: Indeed.
0: <laughs> anyway, so let's let's enjoy get enjoy it to, whilst
1: it lasts. No, I mean. Yeah,
0: exactly. Enjoy it whilst it lasts, uh, which won't be long. Uh, let's get to that main event then, the the chamber match. Um, love the way they started it off with uh, Cena and AJ Styles. You know, continuing on from their fantastic match at the Rumble. Uh, And the whole thing that they've got going, I thought it was a great way to start the match off. Um, And these two have still got more matches in them for me.
1: Yes, you're quite right. Um, You know, they've got great chemistry together, haven't they? Um, Once again, their work in this contest was exemplary. um, Coming off um, a five star match, you know, just uh, several weeks ago at the Rumble. And, um, you know, they had a fantastic match at SummerSlam too. And, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, um, they pair off against each other at WrestleMania because, you know, we had a title change in this contest. Neither, neither wrestler will have a title going into, uh, WrestleMania. Um, so, you know, unless they decide to have that mixed tag match, um, involving Cena, Nikki Bella, uh, Maurice and the Miz, um, who else better than AJ Styles to be seen as WrestleMania opponent. And if they do, we're guaranteed another excellent match. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they were again, fantastic in this contest. And I thought ably supported by, um, the others as well. Um, you know, they certainly made a good contribution to this contest and, um, Certainly added to it, especially towards the end when the man that we, um, speculate could walk away the champion indeed did with Bray Wyatt, um, winning the ch- uh, championship in this bout and, um, surprising everyone because the, the reaction from the crowd certainly suggested that none of them expected Bray Wyatt to, uh, overcome the likes of John Cena and AJ Styles en route to, uh, winning that championship. So, uh, a turn up for the books as far as most fans were concerned. Um, But, you know, sets things up beautifully for um, the big split um, that could potentially occur in the coming weeks leading up to WrestleMania between between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton.
0: Yeah. I thought, I thought aside from it being a really good match and really enjoyable, like you say, I, I, like I said, I do like the way that they started it with, with Cena and AJ, that that was nice to get them back to together and then really kind of really kick the match off at a great pace but they also used the match for a way of setting up feuds uh, and i think that was smart and it's good to see them do that obviously we're looking at Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin now going off and probably uh, fighting over the intercontinental title and interestingly as well is you know just on this thing with The Miz and John Cena whether it does become something i mean the miz there he wasn't in there that long he got eliminated by John Cena so uh, these little things I do wonder whether this is actually going to happen but you know I I just like I like planting these little seeds and and the fact that they've used it to build on something else uh, as opposed to it's just about this match and this match only and and yeah great great finale at the end and it was I really loved the way that the crowd had really got so into it, and you could tell they, you know, that they were so, so into just seeing, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles there because it's something that we hadn't seen before. And it was, um, it, it was, I think them, them last, the last three in there, you know, Styles, Cena, and Bray, the way that they worked together, I, th- I thought it was, it was, it was so, so good and almost like a measure of where, Bray seems to have picked his work back up recently from from I, I don't know quite how you'd describe his last year to year and a half, but I don't think his work was anywhere near as good. I think he's really, really picked it up recently and I think this is kind of testament to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um you know, it could be that he was told in the last several weeks, right, you know, we're gonna have you as champion heading into WrestleMania to face Randy Orton. And knowing that the title was coming, um, that was surely a big motivator for him. And, uh, you know, he certainly, um, hung in there and more than uh, held his own alongside very, um, uh, fantastic in-ring talents, uh, likes of John Cena and AJ Styles. And, um, I certainly expect that even going into WrestleMania, you know, he'll look to put in a very strong performance, um, with Randy Orton and, um, You know, it's good to see um, and do something with him, and it shows that they've got some faith in him as well. It's more than just uh, a mid-card nobody. The fact that they've had enough faith in him to give him not only the title but also, therefore, by default, um, land him in a prominent spot at WrestleMania means that they see that he has, you know, got some great talent. And I'd like them to do something um, creative with him as well one of my big criticisms about the WWE where Bray Wyatt's concerned, is that his gimmick is one that, you know, needs, you know, really clever angles, skits, segments that taped and take, uh, you know, filmed away from, you know, the normal WWE setting away from the ring, away from backstage, take him out to the woods and, um, you know, to the kind of environments that you'd expect a character like that to be found in. And um you know, that kind of stuff in his element is the kind of stuff that you know sticks out in the memory. You know, often we see segments and interviews on Raw or SmackDown and, you know, five minutes later you've forgotten about them. But doing something that's a bit outside the box um you know can certainly uh, make more of an impression and um the Bray Wyatt character is one that certainly Uh, would suit stuff being done away from your uh, usual WWE setting. And if they do that, you know, it can really, you know, capitalize on, on him and his character and his promo ability. Um, Because there's just a fantastic character there. That's just screaming to get out. Uh, But it's been with, you know, it's been held back because of the constraints of the PG era. And uh, I hope that in the lead up to WrestleMania with the inevitable split with Randy Orton, uh, we get to see some of that.
0: Well, I mean, just on that, you know, the the split with Randy Orton, as we all expect to see, and probably <clears throat> expected to see some of that on, on SmackDown. Interesting the way that they took it. Um, you know, interesting, intriguing almost as well that, you know, he got to beat Cena and AJ in a triple threat match. He got the, you know, the clean win. That's it. You know that it's done. He's won the match. He's beaten them both. He's, you know, he's he's kind of cemented his position as the champion. And then out comes Randy Orton, and you know says, "I'm not going to face you. I pledge my allegiance to you." It's um, wh- where do you see this one heading then? Because it was kind of a, a different sort of route to take on that one.
1: I thought it was quite cleverly done, actually. Um Everyone would have expected um, the two to face off and. Um, potentially over falling out on this, um, edition of SmackDown. And clearly that didn't happen. So the idea must be to, um, just hold it off for a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks out. You know, they might wait as late as that and then pull the trigger, and then have the split. And, um, they want to build to it first before the split happens. So rather than just say, okay, well, because Orton um, is the challenger for the title and now that Bray's won it that automatically they need to uh, fall apart at the seams no we won't go there that quickly let's get to that point later on down the line so it was nice to see because I think most people expected them to uh, split straight away so that was nicely done and intrigued to see yeah, how was- they get to that point
0: yeah, and nice that it wasn't pre- too predictable. Do you think then that the way that this is going to sort of unfold that this means what we're leading to here is is that uh, Bray Wyatt's going in as a babyface, you know, is, of actually they're finally going to turn him babyface after after he's been getting what is pretty much a babyface reaction for years, and it's Randy Orton going in as the heel, you know, as the guy who's basically sort of you know playing mind games and has set this all up. You know, from the very start, it's the way that he's kind of, you know, set things in motion. And, and we see the, you know, the, the the vindictive heel side of Randy Orton. Do you think that this is the way that they're going to set it up?
1: I think that's a distinct possibility. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that there is a problem with on the WWE Smackdown side is a lack of strong baby faces. They've obviously got Cena, um, but. Not a great deal else, I mean, if you look at the main event of elimination chamber that's elimination Chamber, Mauro and not hell in a cell um, yes, it's you know we saw John Cena, we saw um, Dean Ambrose, and the rest were heels, and um, you know looking through the rest of the card, um, you know certainly a shortage of strong baby faces, so they need new fresh baby faces. And, um, you know, we've seen Randy Orton there so often um, and he's somebody who I think is much better suited to a heel. So this is the ideal platform and exactly the right person to set Bray Wyatt up as a new baby face. And I think if he does turn face, um, I think he'd be really successful at it. But the interesting thing with that is, is that, um, you know, I was just a moment ago talking about how they need to do um, you know that kind of out of the box type stuff. Um well, that's the sort of stuff that actually could get him over as a baby face um you know in that kind of reverse psychology way which w w e always struggles to um really cotton onto you know that and that's why they have such a struggle with getting faces over his faces and keeping heels um you know uh, portrayed and viewed as heels because they're not tapped into the way that modern fans react to talents these days um you know the booking is still very traditional and um no it's just not smart to the way that fans react and uh, that's why you know so many of the faces that they push um are treated as bigger heels than the heels themselves
0: yeah as if the 1990s never actually happened you know, <laughs> that if they'd not learned anything from, you know, the mid to late 90s, when, when they actually just, you know, kind of let go and, and thought, you know what, fine, we'll just go along with it. And, and it held, you know, it actually worked, you know, perhaps they need to go onto their own network, go back through their own libraries, and just see what really does what does work, you know, what, what works so successfully in the, biggest boom of the uh, the industry in, in you know the history of the industry it's um it, it's quite incredulous really isn't it
1: oh it is that's right um you know, they, they they just need to fire up the wwe network um, and get their two or three dozen writers just to watch that um network look at you know episodes of raw well monday night raw from the active era or nitro um and look at why The NWO were such popular um, characters, despite ostensibly being the heels, you know, and learning the lessons from that. And, you know, these are lessons that are now 20 years old. You know, that's how far back the NWO go back. And, um, you know, it's all there. You know, it it shouldn't really be difficult. Um, You know, the, the people to portray as heels should be the people that, you know, fans view as as dickheads you know and it, it doesn't have to be that uh well because that person is cheating or pulling all these types of old school um you know rule breaker tactics as they used to call them um that therefore they should be the heel and the person that abides by the rules um should be the baby face you know we're long 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 past that kind of uh, mentality and fans don't look at in that way and uh you know they, they just need to be smarter to You know, how what fans like, what they don't like, and then book characters accordingly um, and create a facial divide on that basis. You know, it really shouldn't be difficult. But for some reason, you find it very, very hard.
0: Yeah, if only the the writers could go back and watch uh, how a certain Stone Cold Steve Austin became the the biggest selling name in the indus- in the history of the industry at uh, the the same company that they're working for. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. uh, so you know, switching gears then over to uh, to Monday Night Raw. Uh, quite a momentous Raw. I've I've got to say it was. Uh, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I thought it was was quite a good show for the first couple of hours, but that last hour of raw, that, that was one of the best last hours of raw that I've seen in, in quite some time.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was, wasn't it? Um, no, we've been talking on this show for quite a while now about, um, the relationship between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho and speculating about when they would split because, the obvious match for both of those going back many, many months now, uh, the WrestleMania match had to be between those two. And, um, you know, we finally got that big breakup, didn't we? That has been teased on at least two or three occasions in the last several months, but yeah, we finally got it. And it was one of the great raw angles of recent times. Um, you know, this whole ceremony to celebrate that friendship, um, yeah, the Vegas. festival
0: of friendship. I've got to oh, say, yeah, well, yeah. the festival of friendship was right up there with uh, this is your life, with uh, the the rock and sock. That that for me, it it was right up there with that. I thought it was superb,
1: even with a cheesy uh Las Vegas magician to boot. So uh, you know, what more can you ask for? But uh, I had a new list. How can we forget? um You know, and that was the point. That was a big turning point in that relationship. Um, Kevin Owens was gifted with all sorts of presents by Jericho. And then he returned the favor with a list. And then Jericho said, hold on, why is my name on here? Picks that list out of the box. And what does it say? The list of KO. And that's when he turned on his friend, didn't he? Kevin Owens. And, uh, it was beautifully done, wasn't it? It was just a, a fantastic delivered angle. Um, just the whole segment was first class, you know, the comedy of it, the, uh, The attack, you know, the way that he beat him down. It was just fantastically well done. And the crowd reaction was fantastic to boot. So, um, you know, one of the best segments, not only of this year, but of any year. It was uh, one of the all time great angles. And, uh, you know, credit to Jericho, credit to Kevin Owens. Um, You know, they pulled off something that will live long in the memory.
0: Yeah, having criticise the writers I mean if that was the writers idea in the, the the way that that was presented you know the list of KO then credit to them I, I do suspect that there's probably uh, a good great deal of input there from um, from Owens and Jericho probably particularly Jericho on that I mean it was just perfectly done and the, the way that the crowd bought into it and went with it as well you know as he as he lifted it out you know as, asking his name it, the, the timing was exemplary uh, why is my name on it? And then yeah, lifting it out, the reveal, the crowd. You heard the crowd. Oh, right before he hits him, it was just that the whole everything. Like you say, you know, they've got great chemistry, they've got great comic timing, and we've seen that for so long. They they showed there as well that they have just great timing. Full stop. And it was the the way that it was delivered was just absolute perfection. It really really was, and it was, it, it was a, it was such a. Such a memorable way to to break them up, and you know, it it was for what we've seen over the over the the months, and we've enjoyed it so much. It was the perfect way to do it. I think it it really deserved something memorable, and we certainly certainly got it. And I've got to say as well, having asked for it recently, you know, I wanting to see slightly less of the comedy from Owens, even though he's good at it, and more of the the nasty, vindictive, you know evil <laughs> the maniacal Kevin Owens that we saw in NXT I, th- I think we certainly got that here and probably just in time as well ready for his match against uh, Goldberg at Fastlane
1: well that's right yeah yeah it's um I'm just setting up really nicely now um you know with how the whole main event of Fastlane could transpire and you know Either scenario, whether it's Goldberg winning the title or Kevin Owens winning the title, um, will result in a, you know, a very interesting title match, you know, whether it's Owens versus Jericho, um you know, given the talk about Jericho potentially uh, disappearing for a while to toy Fozzie, um and you know, is that a swerve or is that um really going to happen? Um and then obviously um you know the other side of it is well if Goldberg wins a belt uh, which I've predicted all along, then, um, you know, that's, uh, going to add even more spice to what already will be a fantastically, um, you know, eagerly awaited contest between he and Gold, uh, sorry, he and Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, especially the way that has been booked. I think it's been booked really, really well. And, um, you know, if the title's at stake there, you know, imagine it, you know, Lesnar winning the title and finally getting a victory over Goldberg it'll make up for with that title, um, the two losses as well as getting that humili- humiliation of being elim- eliminated at the Royal Rumble in such a, uh, fashion by Goldberg. So, um, yeah, certainly, uh, sets things up, um, very, very nicely, um, not only leading into fast lane, but then, um, the weeks between that and WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, that's it we you know with things things are really moving along and we've got all these little subplots uh set up so the end of raw though um I, i'm kind of torn on this i'm a i'm a massive bailey fan I, i've thought she's been brilliant that from me first getting into to watching nxt was just as bailey was beginning to rise this was before she'd uh, ever won the title. It was, I think she'd had a hand injury, uh, and then she couldn't get anywhere near. Uh, th- this was the time I was just first getting into NXT, and you-, you could see the crowd were really getting behind her. And her winning the NXT women's title, it was a long, you know, drawn out thing. You know, it, it really meant something when she finally got there. So I'm torn, as much as I'm a fan of Bailey, to see her win the title already on TV before we've even got to wrestlemania i i've got to say i was slightly disappointed i just feel like it's too soon it it wasn't the time yet and it didn't mean as much as it cuz it should mean when it's on a you know a really really big stage well that's right i mean
1: you know what what the wwe has decided to do is to come up with this streak gimmick for charlotte and you know this whole street gimmick about she never loses on these pay-per-view shows and what is she now 15
0: and zero, or something like that is she um um, something like that yeah something like that but she loses nearly every week on uh, raw though well that's right
1: (laughs) so the whole idea is just that you know she wins on the bigger shows but um loses the belts on tv and um you know it almost certainly points in the direction of charlotte winning the title for I think it would be the fourth time, no, fifth time, I think, um, at WrestleMania, uh, whether that's in a singles contest with Bailey or as, you know, we've speculated in a three or four way contest, um, possibly involve, well, almost certainly involving Sasha Banks and possibly involving, uh, Nia Jax. So that, that's certainly the directions everything seems to be pointing in. I thought the match itself was excellent though. I thought it was um, possibly the best women's match we've seen on Raw ever. Um, The way it ended, um, you know, the fans were up on their feet. They were just going wild. And uh, the post-match celebration was, you know, just superb. You know, Bailey knows how to um, really milk that reaction and um, did it fantastically well. Um, So, yeah, I agree, though. Um, It almost felt like WrestleMania was the ideal opportunity, the ideal forum for that title change to happen. But because of this whole gimmick of the Charlotte undefeated streak, um, they clearly didn't want Charlotte to lose at the WrestleMania. So, you know, they kind of back themselves into a corner um in that way. And, uh you know, it's a shame. I agree. It felt a bit premature, but the match itself was just, you know, Excellent. And, uh, the moment after the victory, um, was, was very special as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things you've got to give the, some credit to, to the, um, women's talent on the WWE that when they do win titles, um, the moment certainly feels, you know, quite an emotional one. And, uh, you know, it's evident in the way that they react that it means a lot to them when they do win these belts. Uh, more so than the men, and um, you know, it makes these title changes you know, feel important, even if they are coming at um, increasing frequency.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It was it was an excellent match, and the the after match celebration absolutely gets across. And Bailey's character is great at that. Anyway, you know you get across the whole emotion and the feeling. You know that it really does genuinely mean something to her. I mean, the rate that we're going at, you know, Charlotte will have broken her own father's 16-time world champion reign by next year's WrestleMania, um, and it's because what I'm expecting to happen is she wins the title back at Fastlane, uh, and then what she loses it the next night on Raw, and then wins it back at WrestleMania. No, it's it's. I mean, this is this is what I really want to get to before we before we close out tonight is. Uh, for me more it seems like 2017 is the year of the title uh, title change in rest, in um, WWE you know kind of not just a change but flip-flopping titles way way too much i mean you go down the main the two main rosters within within uh, WWE on raw and on smackdown and aside from the the tag team titles on smackdown which actually changed in the last few days of december um And the universal title, which is we're expecting to change hands at Fastlane anyway. Um, Every title has changed hands in this calendar year, and some of them more than once. Some of them twice, you know, two, three times even. So, I, I don't mind titles changing hands quickly where the timing is right. You know, I, I, I know we've spoke about this before. Is I like a good mix between you know long reigning champions and quick changes. Mixing things up, it, it seems it feels a bit more authentic. I think, you know, if everyone has a title reign for a year, obviously it gets boring, it gets stale. But I just don't like this, you know, titles changing hands willy nilly here, there, constantly, everywhere. Before, you know, we're heading into WrestleMania, and, and the WWE Championship has changed hands twice in the, in the space of a month. So, I, I'm I'm not too too happy with the number of changes that we've had this year. There have been quite a few. Um, at this moment in time,
1: I don't have a big problem with it, just because, if anything, it almost felt like there were too few title changes um, last year. And, you know, th- there's nothing wrong with a, a long title reign. In fact, it's, it's normally a good thing because, you know, in, in theory, um, the longer the title reign, the more it means when that title reign comes to an end. And we saw that, uh, you know, a good example was... Um, New Day dropping their tag titles um, you know, a couple of months ago uh, to Cesaro and the um, Cesaro and Sheamus. Sheamus, yeah. That's right. And, um, you know, when they dropped that, you know, the tag straps, then uh, the reaction from the crowd was almost one of shock um, because they'd held it for so long. Um, and it obviously was pushed as look how long they've held the titles. You know, it's a record breaking title reign. But when they dropped the belts, you know, it really meant something. Whereas if the tag team titles were changing every two weeks, a title change would mean less and less um, to the point that the titles would mean almost nothing. You know, titles can be, you know, Vince Vince Russo described titles in wrestling as a prop. And, you know, yes, they are. But these props are things that, you know, are some of the best ways of getting talent over. You know, there's so many wrestlers, you know, in the history of wrestling who have become huge, huge stars, huge draws because they become champions. You know, becoming a champion should mean something. And it's when everyone becomes a champion um, that, you know, the, the whole uh, importance of titles and title reigns and being a champion means less and less. You know, and that's one of the drawbacks of somebody like Naomi winning the title now um you know on the smackdown roster you know it won't be long before every single women uh, sorry every single female on the smackdown roster has at some point held the title and if that's the case then what does the title even mean then um you know it'd be similar for the other titles you know if on the raw tag team title roster you know most or in the end all of the tag teams end up holding those belts. You know, what does it mean for the title if everyone holds it? You know.
0: Yeah, it's it's like you know the the title, it, a title only meaningless if you make it meaningless. You know, and um, Vince Russo, you know, God, you know, rue the day that uh, he he ever uh, if he ever comes back into it, uh, it's I, I look at what kind of gets me is I look at that. Um, that WWE Championship reign there of John Cena, you know, and we 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 spoke about that at the Rumble, you know, him winning, a, you know, this this records equaling as it's you know purported to be record equaling sixteenth title. It should have been a huge huge thing. It really should have been a big thing, and a and a great big fuss made about it. But they didn't make too much of a fuss. It was almost a giveaway that it wasn't going to last, and it was like you know, such a significant thing to happen in, you know, in this industry, the way that the business is put out and the way that, you know, that Ric Flair's title record has always been put over for him to, you know, equal it, not make much about it, and then lose it just a few weeks later. I think it's... um, That's right. I I I just find it disappointing. I just find it disappointing and a real missed opportunity for John Cena and that title. Yes, I mean... There was something there. There was something really something big to be made of that, and and I feel that you know flip flopping the title on him just, it, it, I don't know, it just, it kind of cheapened it a little bit.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, you no know, for example, I mean with that Cena record equaling um, title win, what they should have done the following. Well, sorry, two nights later on SmackDown, was almost based the whole SmackDown show as a celebration of John Cena be equaling that record and having perhaps Ric Flair come out and celebrate with him and having um segments throughout the show, just, you know, a little clear, a you know, special celebration at the start of the show with everyone from the roster um coming out and even, you know, video segments from, you know, talents on Raw and Smackdown and even talents from the past who you know, could have talked about what a historic, significant event it was. Um, And yet, you know, barely any recognition of it. You're you're right. And, you know, that again would have helped to kind of get over just um, how important titles are, especially that belt being the uh, historic title content, uh, the the historic WWE title with its lineage uh, going back to the start of the company. But, um, you know, we'll have to see how things go. I mean, clearly. The chances are there will be one or two more title changes at Fastlane and there almost will be several title changes at WrestleMania. It's where it goes after that. You know, if we still continue to see, you know, from month to month, you know, two, three, four title changes every month, then, you know, by the time we add to SummerSlam, um, you know, it'd be very difficult to argue that titles haven't been devalued. So, um, you know, they need to just be careful. Um, title changes and title matches are a good way to keep ratings strong or to try and boost ratings. But, you know, that, that's a short-term fix. And we saw it with TNA, for example. I mean, they were having, especially when Russo was booking regular title changes to the extent that they meant nothing for ratings whatsoever, you know, within a short matter of time. So they just need to be careful with that. But it's, it's a very valid
0: point that you raise. Absolutely. Uh Anyway, we'll we'll leave that one for now. Um, otherwise, I'll I can go on forever on that point. Anyway, <laughs> um, so our last one before we do close up this week, um, Teddy Long being announced as the the latest inductee into uh, this year's Hall of Fame. Oh, oh uh,
1: yes, that's right. Um, I think he's the third person now announced to the Hall of Fame um, after Kurt Angle and. Um, Oh, who's the other one now?
0: Rock and roll express.
1: Oh, that's right. How could I forget? So yes, um, again, you know, absolutely fine with that as an announcement. You know, Teddy Long's been in and around the wrestling business for, um, you know, 30 plus years. And I started out as a referee, um, in the likes of Georgia, Championship Wrestling, WCW, um, uh, NWA, and, um, then became a manager in the late eighties for, um the tag team combination known as Doom, Butch Reed and Ron Simmons and um, uh, you know, was a really good manager I felt and uh, eventually ended up in WWE firstly as a, a referee again, um, and then um, you know, we saw him in different roles and most famously as um uh, general manager on SmackDown and uh you know various catchphrases such as holla 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 um and player all of these things, you know, really uh, it endeared him towards the fans and, um you know, he stood the test of time. He's been around for a long, long time, you know, very well liked, you know, within the business and, um, you know, he's somebody who, um you know, certainly he also got over for announcing tag team match main events on SmackDown too, didn't he? Uh, you know, there's barely a SmackDown that passed without him announced, not announcing a SmackDown tag team main event. Um, but yeah he's he's somebody who's very well liked and uh, you know he's been a valuable asset in the WWE for a long time so uh, you know now now that he's no longer part of the active roster um, it's nice to see him get some recognition and uh, certainly look forward to hearing what he has to say at the Hall of Fame in a few weeks time.
0: Yeah I, I, I'm certainly looking forward to that myself really charismatic guy and uh, yeah definitely nice to see him get some recognition um but before we uh, before we do close out more anything you would like to plug any little holler hollers you like to give yourself (laughs) um right i'm gonna
1: put over another british wrestling company um this is a company called what culture pro wrestling so there's a website um she's uh well what culture is the website hence the what culture pro wrestling name and um they launched a pro wrestling promotion i think it was last year possibly the year before um but you know they, they've they become a, a fairly popular company they put a lot of their shows out on youtube and um, they've got an active youtube channel and uh, they drew two and a half thousand fans um to milton Keynes for an internet pay-per-view uh last weekend and um, had jim ross and Matt Striker on commentary, and Jim Ross will be uh one of their regular commentators going forward. And, and they use, you know, a lot of the best um independent talent around, the likes of Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio. And uh, most notably, last weekend they announced um, a World Cup tournament, you know, with um, wrestlers from around the world, 64 wrestlers in total, and competing in various tournaments around the globe, starting next month um here in the uk uh with the uh, united kingdom tournament and that will culminate in a four-day finale where they're down to 16 wrestlers um and that will take place um on four consecutive days um at the end of august so um no that that's something that's certainly well worth looking forward to and this will be all available for free on youtube on their channel as well um, so you'll get to see a lot of great wrestlers that are not in the WWE, uh, a lot of past WWE superstars, as well as, um, some of the best British talent as well, such as, uh, Will Ospreay. And, um, you know, it's going to be a very intriguing tournament. And with Jim Ross calling it, you know, it, it certainly will be a very entertaining, uh, product to see. So yet yeah, again, you know, if you can't get enough wrestling out there, uh, work culture pro wrestling have got some great things lined up for this year. Most notably with this tournament, um, so keep an eye out on YouTube on their channel for that throughout the year. Any plugs from you, Andy? Uh,
0: not too much from me, uh, sadly. My my nine till five doldrum of um, of regular work is taking uh, taking its toll at the moment. Uh, I'm so busy with that. I, I don't really seem to have much time for too much else, other than this, of course, uh, and a couple of other bits. So not not too much from me at the moment, I'm afraid. But uh, we'll we'll see. Hopefully uh things the the loader will lighten and I'll get my uh my scribbling pen out again.
1: Oh yes. it'd be nice for me to pull that out once in a while.
0: <laughs> Been in
1: retirement for several years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need to get mine out of semi retirement anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Grapple fans, that wraps up this uh, this edition of the Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, don't forget, of course, you can keep in touch with the show uh, on Twitter at PW uh, As always, I want to thank Mo chatterer for joining me, and we want to thank all of you for listening and hitting that download button as always. Uh, but until next week...